Network. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome back to another Locked On Wolves podcast. Your host here, Colt Molesky. Just a reminder that after you're done with the show, make sure you go and check out the Locked On Wolves Twitter account. That's at Locked On T Wolves, or you can contact me at C Molesky, M O L S K Y, on Twitter. Let me know what you're thinking, your thoughts on the team, your thoughts on the on basketball, all that good stuff. Make sure you're letting me know everything that you that you think I should know about the show, about basketball, all that good stuff. Uh, potentially, I will reach out and hit you up uh, on Twitter, or I will shout you out on the show, especially if you have questions. Also, remember, flip on the podcast on that drive to work. These podcasts are usually about 20 to 28 minutes long, which is on average, or at least the statistics that we're looking at, on average, that's the morning commute for people in the U.S. And I imagine it doesn't differentiate too heavily when we go abroad for all of our friends in different countries that are listening, different countries and far off places that are listening. So make sure you're throwing us on for your morning commute, something that's a little bit better, we hope, than the radio, maybe a little bit better than that song that you've got stuck in your head that you've listened to 20 times already, a different podcast every single day of the week. So make sure that you're flipping us on. Today, I'm going to be looking at Twitter, going to be looking at the Timberwolves schedule coming up throughout the week. Always like on Monday to give a little preview of the schedule for the Timberwolves. But mostly I'm going to be talking about the moves that the Timberwolves should make this the rest of this year. Because if you didn't see, there was some pretty drastic stuff that happened over the weekend that I think will help maybe bring into vision a little bit more what's on the line for these last this last leg of the season for the Timberwolves. First, though, let's get to Twitter. So there was some activity on Twitter. Uh, obviously, you guys are, are still reaching out, and as always, we appreciate it. There was something that I want to get to here right off the top, which is a nice little intro into the show here. Uh, and if you missed it, the Timberwolves won 103-92 against the Knicks. They're on a two-game win streak. The Knicks are trying to lose games. You're not going to hear me talk about a win over the Knicks very much because you know what? That's that's nothing really to be super excited about. That's like Usain Bolt uh, beating, beating somebody in a foot race to their job at the bank. That's nothing to be proud of if you're Usain Bolt. And you know what? For NBA teams to beat the Knicks, that's nothing to be proud of either. That's what's supposed to happen because that's what they're playing for. So I'm not going to talk about it here. What I would like to go back to is the overtime win against the Wizards. Timberwolves won 135-130. to 130. Took OT to do it because of a terrific three-point shot from Bradley Beal to finish out the game and tie it at 121 apiece. Towns had 40 points. Rose had 29. It was a pretty good night for some of the studs on the Tim Rules team, and they got the five-point win in overtime. Now, before I get to the Town stuff, which is a big part of that game as well, I wanted to get uh, one of our our consistent contacts from our listener base, Alan, uh, at... Uh, at Foes World 23, uh, I hope I'm saying that right. Uh, but he contacts and says, 
The Timberwolves have the worst inbound plays. Am I right or am I missing something? First of all, this is something that Trey and I talked about a couple weeks ago is that the Timberwolves do run probably out of timeouts and to finish out games some of the worst plays in across the NBA. Just across the NBA, it feels like they run the worst stuff. Now, maybe that's because... They're not comfortable with giving it inside to Towns for some reason. I know I know that the Timberwolves were a little hamstrung because of Towns' injury. Again, we're going to get to that. Don't worry. But I just wanted to address this because I, I like that was brought up. I like that other people are talking about it. And I want to touch on it just again is that the Timberwolves are really, really bad at finishing out games and closing out games. And that's one of the marks of a young team that still hasn't earned its brass. And one of those things that they were not great at last year either. And one of those things that they need to grow on. And I think it's another point. I I think that Saunders has done a good job of coaching this team in his interim position. But I think this is another, another thing to point to when you're looking at this team is, all right, Here's areas that they're still not growing in, and they haven't grown in, and they they continue to to mellow and and kind of squander in this bad spot in so many different areas, and this is just I think I, I don't want to make too big of a deal of it, but it is a it, I think it is a, a symptom a symptom of something that is a larger issue, which is the Timberwolves have proven an ability to not get better. In areas of weakness. Now, granted, maybe you can blame some of that on roster construction. Maybe you can blame some of that on disappointments. Like you have a guy like Wiggins, who maybe you'd hope he could be a guy that closes out games, but really he's not often a guy that you can depend on to close out games. That stuff is an unfortunate draw. And you can talk about Intervals giving him a contract all you want and how that may have been a silly decision. But when you take a first a guy first overall, it's a bummer that he's not a, a guy who you can depend on to close out games. But what I'm, I'm losing myself here. What I wanted to say and what this made me think of was that this is another proving point of why the Timberwolves should be in the coaching market for a pretty decent chunk of this summer is because and I know he hasn't been the interim head coach for long, but if you continue to look at the Timberwolves and continue to to take apart what they do bit by bit and see the same kind of problems that they've had over the last couple of years still resonate strongly with how this team performs on a night-to-night basis, I think that shows you that they're not being coached and these guys are not being put in the positions that you want them to be put in. And so I cannot stress this enough. If Saunders gets hired right away going into the summer, right away he gets the job, I that might be the biggest disappointment of the Timberwolves over the last like five years is that you had a chance to try and rewrite the script and you've been doing that a little bit by building this team back around Towns, showing Towns that the old chips are in around him and then you have an opportunity. I'm not even saying that Saunders isn't the right hire, but... I'm saying that you at least have to try and find other guys, at least test the market a little bit. And it would be such a Timberwolves move to hire him right away. It would just be such a Timberwolves move to hire him right away. And I hope that they give it a little more time and a little more care and effort is put into the process. And it's stuff like this where they still can't close out games, they still can't defend the perimeter, and they still can't rise 
to the level of expectation. They rise to the competition sometimes. They can't rise to the level of expectation. They play down and they play up to their competition, and they let other teams set the tone for the game. They do not rise to the level of expectation that we all hope they would rise to. And so when you're looking at this team, and those are the problems that have followed them throughout the last couple of years with this group, this basic group of guys, then you hope that you can find a coach that motivates them differently, that instructs them differently that guides them differently and I'm not sure if that coach is on this team yet I'm not sure if Saunders is going to be that guy and it would be such a shame to do the standard Timberwolves thing of oh well he's a Minnesota guy who's been around the team a lot and he's a player's coach and we really all like those things and this is the easy move and he'll slide right back into the system and it won't shake it up and we don't want to disturb well you know what when you're not making playoffs maybe there's stuff to disturb maybe there's a system that needs to be shaken up. So it, it just, when I hear people talking about it on Twitter and I'm talking with other guys about it over the weekend, about their how they're closing out games, it just brings this stuff to mind. And I hope you guys are thinking about that too. But that's why I bring it up. We're going to get to a break for some sponsors, and then I want to talk about the Townsend's injury. Colton Molesky here, just talking a little bit about the Wizards game. The biggest facet of this game, obviously, is the Towns injury. So if you're looking for an in-depth breakdown of the Knicks win or of this Wizards win, I'm sorry you're not going to find it here. Go read John Krasinski. This is not this is not a, a sponsorship segment right now. Go read John Krasinski just because I love him so much. He writes for The Athletic, covers the Timberwolves. He writes uh, – well, actually, he wrote a lot about this too, but The Athletic has – fantastic post-game breakdowns. We're not going to do that today. What we're going to do is talk about Towns. First of all, I don't mean to toot my own horn here, but I would like to say that I did say Towns coming back from the concussion should play limited minutes. I believe I said that, what, was it Thursday? Something like that? Wednesday? Last Wednesday? Last Tuesday? Uh, it was uh, Recently, I said he should play very limited minutes. You don't want to give away your franchise during a period when you probably should be losing these games anyways because you're not going to get in the playoff race. And look at this, 37 minutes from Towns, and he comes off the court saying he had a pop from his knee. Now, the reports are that the MRA came back and it's not super serious, which thank God, but he's still hurt his knee and it, while this looks like a aggravation at best he still hurt his knee and you're still playing with your franchise here you're still playing with the next five years you're messing around with the next five years you're not messing around with this year this towns is so much more than the next uh, what is it, 18 games 17 games towns is so much more than one season and so to be stupid with it is really a gamble that the Timberwolves shouldn't be making. And I get it. I get that it sucks when you're in a spot where you still want guys to compete and you still want guys out going out there and showing effort, but you're probably not going to get rewarded for any of that effort anyways, even if you do win some of these games. And that's a sucky position to be in. It really is. At the same time, having a having a very narrow and short-minded idea of this basketball team and of what you're trying to build can is how you ruin teams is how you ruin teams and sent trotting towns out there to play 40 minutes in games against the wizards that don't matter when you're probably should better off losing these games anyways 
trying to get in those top eight slots because everything you're seeing from everybody who actually dives really in-depth to college basketball is saying that the guys in the eight spots are going to be the difference makers for franchises and the guys afterwards are going to are going to be roster fillers because this is a very shallow draft. So when you're seeing all of that, how could you play Towns heavy minutes and risk the franchise? And if you think I'm being dramatic, look what happened Saturday. He could have tore his MCL. He could have tore his ACL. And I get that this is sports, and that's a potential every time you step out on a court or on the turf or on uh, if you're playing tennis, if you're going out and running track. Every time you go out and compete at a very high level, there's a possibility of injury. At the same time, why would you risk that possibility of injury for games that do not matter? These games do not matter. And yes, he might he might have a fluky injury and tears ACL in 25 minutes. But I tell you what, you're not doing him any favors by having him play for an entire game when these games don't matter. You're just really rolling the dice there. Have him play 22 minutes. That's it. And you know what? He should not come back now. Because the biggest mistake here is, oh, it's just an aggravated aggravated knee. Knee soreness. He'll be back in a month. He'll be back in, in three weeks. He'll be back for, for the last six games. Why, why are you doing this? Don't play him. Don't play Covington. Don't play Derrick Rose. Don't play these guys. Ah, maybe Derrick Rose. Get him the sixth man of the year. Uh, but don't play, don't play Covington. Don't play Towns. Here's the best case scenario for the rest of the Timberwolves year. Are you ready for this? Here's the best case scenario for the rest of the Timberwolves year. You don't play the two guys in Covington and Towns that you're probably going to bank on building your franchise around. And you play Wiggins 40 minutes a game, 41 minutes a game. And you hope to a higher power that he can find it within himself to even if he doesn't care, somehow fall ass backwards into some solid stats and finish out the year averaging like 22 and six rebounds. And then try and trade him. That's the best case scenario for the Timberwolves is that you pull Towns, you pull Covington, you play the second unit with Wiggins, and you just hope that while Josh Okoge and Keita Bates drop get reps, that Wiggins can play himself into a tradable spot. And then you fool a team like the Magic to take him off your hands. You fool a team like, like the... Like the, like the Wizards, to take him off your hands. You fool somebody to take Wiggins off your hands. Because as you're looking at right now, I'm looking at, let me make sure, a spot track right now, NBA Team Salary Tracker. If you're looking at the 2019-2020 Timberwolves salary cap space, in practical cap space, they're sitting in the negative. And they're going to have about $21 million in luxury tax space. Looking at it right now, 19 to 20 that season. So, you're not going to have a ton of wiggle room unless you make some type of trade. And you've already had an injury to your best player. Covington has missed a ton of games. He's probably your second or third guy. And the hope is is that maybe you can move a contract and maybe you can draft somebody good 
and maybe you can pick up some decent role players. You've got some expiring contracts here. You've got a few expiring contracts, like an Anthony Tolliver, Derek Rose, those guys, Luol Deng, those guys are on expiring deals. So if you can somehow get a couple C-plus, B-minus level role players in free agency, maybe move a contract and get yourself somebody who's like a fringe all-star guy. And then you come back with a healthy Towns, a healthy Covington, and a few new pieces, a new coach, maybe some new front office guys, and attack the season in a whole different light. But that's got to be the move. That's got to be you got to have be smart, and you got to be a little lucky. But that's what the plan should be. Don't bring Towns back, and don't try and bring Covington back anymore. This season is over. Stop it with this. Stop it with this. Try and make Wiggins look good and try and sneak into the top 10. And that's that's what the goal should be for the Timberwolves right now. I know that's grim and that's not fun, but that's the way it is. And if you want to, I would rather win more games later than a couple meaningless games right now. I'm going to get to another break, get off my soapbox really quick, and then we're going to talk about this next week of basketball for the Timberwolves. We're going to take a really wide-angle lens look at the Timberwolves games here for the next week of basketball. First, let's get to some sponsors. Colt Maleska here. We've been talking about the Timberwolves. Got a couple wins this weekend. We've been talking about coaching. We've been talking about towns and injury, game plan for the Timberwolves. Now, let's talk about the next week of games. So, three games for the Timberwolves, and they are all road games, and they are all going to be tough. First, they play the Nuggets. That's going down tonight. It's going down tonight. Nuggets on the road. Then Thursday, on the road to the Jazz. Then Sunday, on the road to the Rockets. And don't worry, it gets better next week if you want a really long forward view on Tuesday of next, uh, so that would be the 19th. They play the Warriors, but don't worry, that one's at home, so be fine with that one. Now, looking at the next couple of weeks, you play the Nuggets. And just to close out the season before I, I scope in on this this week, you play the Nuggets twice. You play the Jazz, the Rockets, the Warriors twice. You play the Clippers, the 76ers, the Trailblazers, the Raptors, the Thunder, uh, Charlotte Hornets, which will probably be a tough game for the Timberwolves, the Miami Heat, jeez, even the Grizzlies are going to be a tough game. It's it's going to be a very long trudge to the end of the season, and it starts with this road week. They're on the road for a week. They're playing the Nuggets, the Jazz, and the Rockets. All of these teams are not only playoff teams, all of these teams are going to be able to pick apart the Timberwolves' defense. And now Towns is going to be out. Even if the Timberwolves are dumb and play Towns this year, I can't see him coming back this week at all with a knee injury of any kind. And so they're going to be without Towns. It's going to be D-Rose and Wiggins against the Nuggets and the Jazz and the Rockets. So what am I expecting from this week? Well... I am expecting a bludgeoning from the Nuggets because they are an incredibly deep team playing against a Timberwolves team that lost the guy they could throw at Jokic. I'm expecting a pretty good game from the Jazz because the Timberwolves 
Uh, there's still animosity there. I think those games are actually pretty decent. I know that maybe you think that to the contrary uh, from some of the performances this year, but the Jazz are still, I think the Timberwolves still will get up for those games. And I think that in the end, actually, Rudy Gobert is the guy who's going to really kill them because they don't have, again, a guy like Towns to throw at an all-star like Rudy Gobert. But I think that'll be a pretty decent game. I expect Derrick Rose to have a very nice game against the Jazz. I expect him to have a very nice game. And we'll talk about that game more during this week, but I expect that to be a very good Derrick Rose game. And then against the Rockets, I just expect a lot of James Harden early. And a lot of everyone else late once they start really trying to overcommit to Harden. Although Wiggins had has had his moments against against the the Rockets, and that brings me to my main point that I want to talk about, which is the potential here is that this could be a very good Wiggins week. Now, I know that I've been a big Wiggins critic. I know that I have just advocated that he should play well only so I can trade him. But hear me out. When Wiggins plays well, it's always in primetime games against primetime opponents. He's not playing well against the Atlanta Hawks on a Wednesday. But when he in when the game is at like four o'clock. But primetime game against primetime opponents, there's an 80% chance you can get him to care about those games. And look at this. We have a weak slate of primetime games against primetime opponents. This could actually be a pretty solid Wiggins week. I don't know. I'm not predicting anything crazy like he's going to go on a run for the rest of the year or even that that run would extend for two weeks because the next week you're playing the Hornets and the Grizzlies. He's not going to play for those games. But I think you could actually get a pretty solid week of Wiggins, which will, I don't think, win you games, but will be entertaining. And if you could have some nice Derrick Rose performances off the bench, I think that this could actually be some of those games where the Timberwolves look frisky. And now, again, I don't want them to win games, but we're still watching this team. It can still be fun. We can still enjoy this this trudge through the end of the season down into the spiraling despair that is going for top picks as opposed to going for playoff spots. And so I think that this could be, I'm calling it right now, I think that this could be a very sneaky good Wiggins week. And I I think that there's very heavy potential here for him to really make this this Timberwolves team frisky for at least the next the next uh, 7 days. That's that's me calling calling my crazy wild shot. So take that with a grain of salt. That's it for me guys. I appreciate you listening. As always, make sure you're contacting me on Twitter. Let me know what you're thinking of the show. Let me know if you think that Wiggins can actually have a solid week. Let me know. Keep me posted on your thoughts. Have a great start to your week, guys. Thank you for listening to another Locked On Wolves podcast from the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Timberwolves, your daily Minnesota Timberwolves podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. 